Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Food Flow, the podcast dedicated to the in-depth exploration of the beautiful world of food. My name is Ivor Margerison from thefoodflow.com, and I am joined today by Lars Ba, the co-founder of Lithic Nutrition, a producer of cricket-based protein powder and energy bars. Lars, great to have you on the show. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So, today's topic is edible insects. Now, a few episodes back, I had a lengthy discussion with Robert Allen, another pioneer in this unique field, discussing the nutritional benefits and environmental impacts of edible insects. So, this week, instead, we're going to be discussing the business side of it. Uh, you know, what it's like to be an entrepreneur in such a socially taboo field. But before we get into that, uh, Lars, let's start with your food story. How did you uh, end up in the bug business? Sure. We, my brother and I first conceptualized lithic nutrition back in 2013, largely from uh, my brother's experience abroad with the Marine Corps. Uh, we spent about three years uh, deployed across Asia and southeastern Asia. And the short of it is he ate a lot of bugs over there, uh, living nutritionally forward lifestyles that we do. He started to discuss it with me, saying, hey, Lars, I'm eating bugs over here. They're nutritious, <laughs> and their sustainability advantages uh, can't be uh, beaten. So we started looking into a way to develop culturally appropriate, approachable products to bring this concept of edible insects to the American market. Uh, so we launched uh, September 2015 as a, as a company, 100% in this, and uh, have had products on the market about the last five months now, which brings us up to this February 2017. Wow. Okay. So, so you guys, you guys have been had your products up now for about five months. Um, and the company, what what are the products you have right now specifically? Sure. Uh, we have a line of protein bars, about 70 crickets in each bar, yielding 15 grams of amino acid complete protein. Oh, wow. Uh, those are in three flavors: dark chocolate brownie, my favorite. Blueberry vanilla and uh, banana bread, just like mama's banana bread. Pretty good products. Okay, uh, okay. We also have America's first cricket-based protein powder, more of kind of a post-workout, shake-it-up-and-pound-it type formula that is uh, a complex of five different proteins, still cricket, number one ingredient by volume. But um, we're using that as a way to introduce uh, the vitality of cricket-based protein to the athletic market. Just a quick interjection, after recording this episode, Lars was kind enough to reach out to me with a promo code for all of my followers. It is food flow with no spaces. It'll get you 20% off your entire order. Uh, it is limited to the first 20 people, so if you're interested in some cricket powder or some cricket protein bars, be sure to head over to their website right now, lithicnutrition.com. Okay, okay, so it's a protein powder, you know, like the post-workout, um, you put it in your shaker cup, and does it, do the crickets dissolve, or do I still have, like, cricket legs floating around in there? <laughs> yeah, we get the particle size down so small okay, that okay. it actually suspends in water, you'd never know it's in there. All right, all right, I'm sure that's, I'm sure that's good for business. Um, <laughs> okay, <laughs> so, and, and these products right now, uh, you know, where's the company stand? Are you guys, is it just e-commerce e right now, or are you in some stores? We're pretty young. We're just direct to customer through our website right now, but uh, we are in a variety of CrossFit gyms, a few doctor's offices around Denver, but we plan to explore uh, additional channels, Amazon.com, uh, a few other online distributors, and uh, eventually grocery as we charge into 2017. Okay. And so, I mean, and so getting into like the retailers and stuff, I mean, what are, is it hard to convince people when you're going into these doctor's office and things and you say you're trying to sell bugs to people? What's, how's that usually go? 
Yeah, we've been fortunate to have some uh, good traction and momentum with uh, some earned media behind our name, and we have people coming to us, believe it or not. Um, oh, wow. Really, the, the nutritionally educated athletic Colorado crowd is uh, mostly concerned about the quality of fuel going into their body. So they're seeking us out for those reasons rather than the curiosity effect of being edible insects. So um, other than that, yeah, largely it's just knocking on a door, demoing some product at a gym, connecting with the audience that cares about flipping a product over and looking at its nutrition label and ingredients and uh, demonstrating the quality of our products. Yeah, so it sounds like, and it sounds like this, the target market in this case is people who are, I mean, nutritionally aware, looking for fuel, basically. I mean, is that is that basically the target market, sort of like athletes and stuff? That's correct. Um, for that reason, we've developed our product in tandem with some of the faster-growing dietary trends. Uh, they're paleo, gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free. Uh, they're 100% natural. We don't use anything artificial. No BS in our products, and we're pretty heavy on the crickets, of course. Okay, okay, I like that. That's cool. And, I mean, <laughs> and it's important to note here, I mean, I mean, the first thing is that these bars, I've had a few, I haven't actually tried yours, but I've had a few other ones and they don't taste like bugs. I mean, there's really, I mean, bugs don't, crickets don't really have that much of a taste, but you don't even really know. Like if you handed it to someone, they wouldn't know there was bugs in it, would they? Uh, you wouldn't know for a few reasons. Characteristically, our packaging doesn't have any visuals of insects or giant crickets on it. For one, we want people to associate our product with the nutritional benefits. Uh, but two, we use a roasted milled powder, almost like a flour substance of our crickets. Uh, so to your point, you're not going to get any bites of legs or anything stuck in your teeth. We just use that roasted milled powder and integrate it into our products as a base of protein. And it gets mixed in there with all that, with the, with that brownie flavor and you don't even really know. <laughs> oh man. Um, I think it's, um, I mean, what, when you get into selling insects in this case, uh, what are some of the regulations? I mean, what are the rules with this? Sure. The regulatory environment uh, surrounding edible insects in the U.S. has been largely evolving, uh, but the FDA has come out with some comments noting that it does not require a gross or generally recognized as safe designation as an ingredient for food products, and they are treating it just like any other uh, food product. So uh, we follow FDA regulatory good manufacturing practices in our facility, as well as implement a hazard analysis and critical control point plan just like any other manufactured food product. Okay, okay. So so it sounds like, um, so as far as, I mean, the FDA is, there's enough companies doing this that they had to release an answer. I mean, I'm surprised that they even know of, that this is going on. There's really not that many companies, is there? Uh, there aren't. We're one of three companies uh, at this time that make a cricket-based protein bar. Uh, there are a couple others popping up around, which is great to see. But uh, really, it's not new. Um, about 80% of the world consumes insects regularly, and we're just bringing this concept to Americans. So uh, I, I believe the FDA is familiar with it, but as uh, consumer products are beginning to appear on the market, uh, it's, it's exciting to see them support it and um, not give us any specific regulations barring uh, entry into this, this market. I feel like maybe they they kind of uh, have to be kind of okay with it because as far as their allotments for um, imperfections or I forget the exact wording, I mean, there's a lot of insects that they allow in uh, processed foods, right? I mean, like peanut butter, <laughs> they allow a lot of like grams or whatever per pound. So if they really came out right and said like insects were horrible, it would be kind of conflicting to what they allow in peanut butter, right? 
That's a great point. Those established <laughs> thresholds of what's allowable in other products. Pasta, peanut butter is a great example. We're all eating insects already. Yeah. We just do it with purpose. And our insects, of course, are raised specifically for human consumption. Right. Okay. Okay. So, and, and that was, and that's actually, let's lead into that. So, um, you, these insects, uh, you and your twin brother, you guys are just running around the fields collecting wild insects to put in your bars. That's how I spend about nine hours a week <laughs> The manpower <laughs> involved in this business. All jokes aside, that's part of the FDA regulation is that these insects are raised for human consumption. So we actually source our crickets from a farm that uh, is registered with the FDA and practices good manufacturing practices, has the hazard analysis plan, uh, some of the regulations I mentioned earlier. So this is fit for human consumption. Okay. And what, and what's the, what's that sourcing process like? I mean, um, I mean, where do they come from? Is there, is there people that are local that are farming it or what's the idea there? Sure. We've got cricket farmers uh, raising their micro livestock, so to speak, uh, all over the U S there are about 20 cricket farms that I know of in North wow. America, uh, including one right here in Colorado that's just started. Uh, with Wendy Lou McGill at Rocky Mountain Micro Ranch. But um, we're actually sourcing our crickets from Thailand, uh, where I mentioned in Asia, uh, insects are consumed regularly. Uh, we've partnered with a cricket farm there that's been doing this for a long time. And in terms of a good tasting and nutritionally competitive cricket, uh, they're there and they can uh, scale with us as our demand for supply increases as well. Oh, nice. So you are so you do have a, a steady source. I know I, I kind of pictured that being a uh, an area of conflict, but it sounds like you have it figured out. That's good. What uh, I mean is it is it is the sourcing of it? You know, you get into the numbers, but is is it expensive compared to uh, other protein powders? I mean, if you were going to make the same bar with uh, like a pea protein isolate, is it significantly more expensive to do with insects? Yeah, at this time, yes. Of course, that's a variable based answer on our on our volume. Right. 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 As we import or uh, purchase more cricket powder, even from we're testing with other North American providers, uh, our, our variable cost goes down. And we're hoping that it gets to a point where it can be the most competitively priced and most competitive valued protein out there in terms of price and what you get out of it. Ultimately, the vision here is to see insect-based protein uh, really replace uh, less sustainable protein alternatives like whey or soy is a protein fortification ingredient in food products down the road. Well, and, it, and that's what I think is tricky about now is it's like, you know, insects, you know, buying a little bag of cricket of powder online and stuff. It can be so expensive, but it's kind of what you're saying, I guess, is, and like we discussed in my other podcast, is it's the, it's the current infrastructure that's causing that increased rate. And it's also causing an artificially low cost of a lot of other proteins. I mean, soy farmers are um, heavily subsidized and things like that. So a lot of those proteins can be produced at extremely low costs. But, you know, in the future, if there was an infrastructure that supported insects, I guess, you know, what you're saying is there is a potential for them to be extremely affordable. Absolutely. Uh, there's some other very well-established supply chains for other proteins. So yeah, they've yeah. kind of hit the floor of, of pricing and being competitive in that sense. And the supply for these edible insects is uh, really just now starting to evolve within North America. Um, so we're just going through the growing pains of a new industry and the, the supply chain that's uh, coming along with it. Well, that's and that's and let's get into the the, uh, the you know the growing pains. You're pioneering this uh, field, and obviously, I, one of the biggest barriers is the social taboos. I mean, how how do you plan to normalize? I know you talked about using packages that aren't 
sensational. Obviously, old insect food products were like a scorpion and a sucker, and it was like. <laughs> yeah. But now, so you're trying to be a little more utility. But how you know what? How else are you working with social taboos? How, how do you think you can overcome those? Sure, our mission is largely educational. Uh, we are very active here in the Colorado community, uh, demoing our products at events, CrossFit gyms, mud runs, triathlons, you know, cycling events, whatever. Uh, and really just getting our product in front of people to try. We find that maybe one in 30 on average people uh, don't try our product just due to some uh, unfounded personal bias about gross. I'm not eating edible insects. But really, once we have the opportunity to have a conversation about uh, sustainability and nutrition, the two tenets of really what we're doing, uh, people are willing to give it a shot and they come back. It's good news. Well, yeah, and I, and I hate to steal your thunder with the sustainability and the nutrition. Um, you know, in that other episode, we really dig into it. So um, I know a lot of my listeners are already a little bit familiar. But I mean, but obviously, these things, you know, they are extremely sustainable source of protein. They are extremely nutritious. Uh, the protein, I mean, what, what's the wording there? Like, why is the protein so good? It's like a complete uh, amino or something, right? You bet. Unlike a lot of uh, like plant-based proteins, for example, it is amino acid complete. So it does have all nine essential amino acids for protein synthesis, much like other animal proteins. Uh, so for that reason, it's highly bioavailable. And uh, athletes that consume insect-based protein can expect a high level of uh, net protein utilization um, as it goes through their system. Pretty easy to digest, too other than like a dairy protein, for example, known to cause GI distress. Which, yeah, obviously, you know, a lot of people have issues with dairy. And, and soy is another popular protein that people are becoming increasingly uh, issues with. So that makes sense. Sure. So obviously, so that utility of it, trying to fight the taboos with utility, I think that's a great approach. I mean, especially when you think that social taboos with food, it's like there's always something that we're weird about. I mean, like lobsters used to be like food hardly fit for prisoners, you know, and now they're like this gourmet thing. <laughs> Sushi, obviously, a couple decades ago, you would have like it would have been fear factor to eat raw fish. Right. And now it's like, you know, the most trendy thing. I feel like, yeah, I mean it's it's exciting that you're in this movement and it's to an outside observer, it's like you are never going to get people to eat crickets. But when you look at these other food products combined with the utility that they have, uh yeah, I like to think there's some tread on the tires. It's it's kind of an interesting thing to uh to see moving. Uh, how, how has it how has it been in the last few years even? Have you seen a lot more people uh, catching on with it, getting more interested? We have uh, from both angles, from a, a consumer base. Um, I'd say when we first got started, maybe two in 10 people have heard of the concept of entomophagy or eating insects. Uh, but now um, it's more like seven out of 10, I'd say. Really? And there, there are companies popping up all over the U.S. in this uh, really this new category of food products. And we're seeing innovations far beyond just a, a cricket-based protein bar, for example, which a few of us out there are doing. Um, there's a company out of Canada, One Hop Kitchen. Uh, awesome guys, the Kadeski brothers, create a cricket-based bolognese or like a spaghetti sauce. Uh, very successful with that product. There are cricket-based pastas out there. Um, we've got some other fun innovations coming out down the road that I can't quite talk about yet, but stay tuned. Oh, so you do, you do plan on expanding, uh, other, uh, food related products with, uh, crickets. Oh, you bet. Our, our goal is to really see insects established in the American food system as a sustainable nutritious alternative. So we will continue to develop products that appeal to a wide variety of, uh, dietary preferences. Well, that's great. And it's great the flexibility that they offer because the taste is, you know, fairly neutral. And like you said, you grind it down into that flour and you can pretty much mix it into any, I mean, you know, you could buy cricket flour and make waffles with it. It's uh, 
very versatile. I think that's what's kind of cool about it. Oh, yeah. I make a mean cricket pancake. You bet. <laughs> cricket pancakes. I love it. All right. <laughs> so to uh, to kind of to kind of finish things out here, I'm curious uh, to your opinion of the future of edible insects in America. Obviously, um, you're very optimistic, but do you think it could ever catch on beyond uh, people who are interested in nutrition? Could it become like just a normal part of the diet like it is in some other countries? I think so. I think especially considering our younger millennial type generation that is uh, really focused on forwarding aspects of social responsibility and sustainability, uh, they will attach to this concept as really the, a way to future-proof our, our food system and making responsible choices when eating. Yeah, I think that yeah, I think that makes sense. I think it's definitely a, a new newer generation that is, you know, open minded to different foods and, you know, like you said the sustainability side of it. It is. It's uh I think there's it's an exciting time for it and I'm excited to see where it all goes. Okay, so going from there, people who are kind of interested in this movement, they want to learn more. Um can you give them your website, maybe some other resources out there that they could get information from? I'd be happy to. Our our website is lithicnutrition.com as in paleolithic. And the ethos of that name is kind of in our resurrection of this old protein our ancestors used to eat. Uh, so lithicnutrition.com, uh, as well as littleherds.org, run by Robert Nathan Allen, who you mentioned earlier. Uh, he runs a nonprofit out to educate Americans about the wonderful world of edible insects. Okay, awesome, awesome. Okay, so littleherds.org, got in some information for you guys. Uh, lithicnutrition.com if you want to get some bars and some protein powder. Uh, and what are we looking at? Is there a timeline for some new products? Uh, can we, should we be expecting anything soon from you guys? You bet. I'm hoping in April I've got a new product introduced. Uh, you are going to love it, and I will keep you posted for okay, sure. Okay, all right, come April. <laughs> I'm excited, all right. All right, Lars, uh, thanks so much for coming on the show today. It was great talking with you. Thank you for having me. Once again, guys, that was Lars Baugh from lithicnutrition.com. And my name is Ivor Margerison from thefoodflow.com. If you want to see what some of the other projects I got going on, head over to the website. Check out the other podcast episodes. Like I said, I got another one on edible insects with some more information. Lots of good stuff. Thanks for stopping by. See you guys next time.